This is the Best of Bob's World, an encore presentation of an episode that stood out from a while back. In this case, we take you to August 2021. I interview Bloomberg reporter Elisa Parenti about her book, Betrayal, the Ethel Rosenberg Story. Word of caution, the audio quality is a little different than what you are normally used to hearing. I interviewed her with my laptop and my audio equipment inside my car. Enjoy. This bonus edition of Bob's World may sound slightly different, as I'm not in my regular home studio in northeast Vermont. I am away from there for a few weeks. In 1951, Julius and Ethel Rosenberg were convicted in New York of conspiracy to commit espionage for the Soviet Union. They were executed in 1953. Betrayal, the Ethel Rosenberg story, is a novel written by Bloomberg reporter Alyssa Parenti and is about a story which gripped the headlines in the late 40s and early 50s, though now is a story that has fallen off the radar for many of us. I, for one, had no idea about this story until I learned that this book was being written about it in the winter. My first question was what sparked her interest in this story, and the answer is because she was watching 60 Minutes and an Anderson Cooper story on the CBS News Weekly magazine. He talked with the brothers, the surviving brothers, sons, I should say, of Ethel Rosenberg, the two of them who uh, were adopted by the Mirapool, so they're Robert and Michael Mirapool, and he interviewed them and kind of got into the case of the Rosenbergs, the Rosenberg spy case from the 1950s, the early 1950s, and I was kind of vaguely aware of the case involving the Rosenbergs, but I didn't realize the injustices, particularly in the case of Ethel Rosenberg, that occurred. The two were pretty much convicted and sent to death and executed on the testimony of Ethel's brother, David Greenglass. And in this 60 Minutes story that I saw, they had video of Greenglass admitting that he didn't remember if, in fact, it was true what he testified to, that Ethel was involved in the spy activities. So a lot of folks have come out in the inter- intervening decades and said that they, they she did not get a fair trial and it was an injustice. And so then I, I that's what sparked my initial interest in the case and kind of led me to do a deep dive on, on the case and all that's been written about it. Then comes the question of how to balance that need to get all the facts correct that is inherent with being not just a reporter, but someone with a master's degree from the Middle School of Journalism at Northwestern along with numerous Dateline Awards from the Society of Professional Journalists and a recipient of two national awards in 2014 from the Radio Television Digital News Association and the New York State Society of Certified Public Accountants for her excellence in personal finance reporting. You're, you're thinking as a reporter, that's your day job. <laughs> and it's always been my day job. Uh, and sometimes my night job, too. And how do did you balance in your head the ability to, uh, you know, get as many of the facts right in there and then, but, but to write it in novel form, take me through that balance that you must have had to have. It was really fascinating and freeing to a certain extent, Bob, I'll tell you the truth. Uh, as a journalist, my whole career for decades, I am of course wedded to the facts and 
it was an opportunity for me to step outside that mostly because there wasn't a lot written. There is not a lot written about Ethel Rosenberg's early years. She, we don't know so much. She was born in 1915. And at the time she was born, that whole first part of her life, we don't know much about. And I thought it'd be interesting to when when there wasn't kind of the historical record that I could check, I started to think about, well, what would that be like? And I visited the Tenement Museum on the Lower East Side in Manhattan. And I, I kind of did a deep dive on what does that life look like and, and what kind of events led to what was it to be poor and Jewish and living in that space in that time and a woman. And I, I thought, you know what, this story could resonate with more people if it became if I told it in a novel form, if I stepped away from the known kind of, I start, I, when I first started writing, I said, okay, I'm going to do, you know, creative nonfiction, but it will be nonfiction. And what I ended up doing was taking the facts that we know and extrapolating conversations that could have occurred between Ethel and Julius. And what was it like for Ethel to be a mother to these two sons when she was executed her boys were 10 and seven. And I just, I thought about my gosh, she really believed what she was doing was right. And she felt like it was more important to die for what she believed in and to, to hold fast to her truths than kind of sell out and, and, and live a life that would be diminished. So for a story like that to resonate to a larger audience, and I'm thinking a lot of of younger women, particularly, uh, my daughters are in their 20s, and I thought about the kinds of reading experiences that they have, I thought, you know what, this might be an opportunity to reach a larger audience with the messages that occurred at that time. And I think there are a lot of takeaways to today's world. So that was, that's kind of the the framework within which I was operating. And I did the the, the real um, kind of saving grace for me in the whole thing is the reporter in me was at the very end of the book, I have a notes section in which I outline exactly what is fact and what is fiction down to pretty much to the sentence. So that way, folks, I know when I watch something that is fictionalized, I'm like, okay, well, did he, what, what really happened? You know, so I, as much as we know, I, I included that in the notes section for the readers. Betrayal, the Ethel Rosenberg story, doesn't just follow her. It also follows the storyline from the viewpoint of a female reporter trying to get into hard news. You're not just following Ethel Rosenberg. You're following the story of the reporter, the female reporter, who's trying to get that's some, right and thank you for <laughs> yes yes into some actual hard news mm-hmm. and i'm thinking about my mother who uh you know this is the kind of thing that was reality at the time trying to a, a female reporter being able to convince the editor who's a guy <laughs> mm-hmm. uh to get you know can you let me cover a real story here as opposed to the society pages, which is, tends to be where they were. You know, my, my mother was, uh, she wanted to be a broadcast engineer. Well, women are supposed to be broadcast engineers in uh, you know, 1961. I mean, that was her that was her time. And her father came in and changed her major, unbeknownst to her and without her consent, to English literature. Yeah. And so I'm thinking about that 
as I'm reading, as I'm reading uh, the book and going, oh my gosh, these challenges that, you know, we're not completely uh, uh, there yet with, with equity between the genders, but kind of coming off a long way. You're so right. You're so right. And I really appreciate what you're saying about your mom and this idea that I think it was something of a universal experience for women, late 40s, early 50s, that stymied existence of not being able to actualize their dreams and realize what they really wanted to be doing. And it's incredible when you think of that occurring in our country not that long ago. And you're right, we have made great strides. We have a long way to go in terms of pay equity and in other areas. But that was fun for me to write that and, and kind of pay homage to those women. And I think of my grandmother who was born two months in December of 1920, or I'm sorry, 1915. And Ethel Rosenberg was born in September, both in New York, and how their lives could have been so different. And what what would have what would have happened if they, I mean, what would have happened in the case of Ethel if she had been uh, kind of given the opportunities that her male counterparts were, not to mention if she if her own her, her life was diminished by her own mother from the beginning, because she was simply because of her gender. So it's fascinating to think about. Well-written nature of the book. You've got the details of the streets, of some of the other reporters that are in the story, that they relate to, the whole bit. And, and it's it's really a, a wonderfully uh, well-written book. And as far as the research of this, uh, I know you spoke to a, a certain element of, of it before, but... You know, did, did did you have to file Freedom of Information Act requests in order to get the detail? Because this sounds like the kind of thing that the story would be under a certain amount of cloak because of the the nature of it. Did you yes. ever have any obstacles to do that? Well, let me first say by I just really want to tell you how much I appreciate your kind words. It really it means a lot to me to hear you say that, Bob. Sincerely, um, I, I was I'm a first time writer in terms of being an author. And so to hear that high praise really just, I mean, you make my heart happy with that. So thank you for that. And uh, I, had I been writing this book in the eighties, I think it would have been different. So much time has elapsed that the information has been released. And if you, if listeners want to head to the FBI vault, uh, a lot of the documents of different cases have all been released and they're literally posted online. So I, I live in the DC area. So it was convenient for me to be able to stop off and, and see different pieces of it. And I'm, I'm in New York frequently, so I could look at different addresses, but I did a lot of research online, a lot of reading of other books of, of kind of the historical facts of what, what happened and the, the Rosenberg case and what, what you learn is that Julius, basically, Julius Rosenberg, Ethel's husband, was a spy, not necessarily an atomic spy, but uh, Ethel's sons have, have admitted as much. But a lot of the, 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 the FOIAs, the Freedom of Information Act that you mentioned, that has been released by in, in earlier, a couple decades ago, when Ethel's sons pushed for that, for their release, and people who supported the Rosenbergs and felt that they did not get a fair shake. So a lot of that information is out there. 
and so, so much for folks doing their own research, I would say there's just a, a wealth of material that is now posted online and accessible to people, to you and me and, and anyone else who, who wants to hop on and see what they can find. Yeah. A fascinating book. And uh, I encourage you all to go out and, and buy it and read it. Uh, where, can, where can we go and, and buy uh, your, your book, Betrayal, the, uh, the Ethel Rosenberg story? Thank you again, Bob. It is uh, kind of all the places that you go to online to buy books. It's on Amazon. If you just search Betrayal, the Ethel Rosenberg story, it'll come up and you'll see on Amazon and uh, barnesandnoble.com. I'm in the process of getting it into uh, the physical bookstores um, with the Barnes and Noble people. So that's that's in the works and coming and working on the audio book version of the the narrative. And so that's going to be coming down the, down the pike here. But uh, in the meantime, I do have a website. It's myholename.com. And it's just Lisa with an A. I don't know why my mother did that to me. I don't know why my parents named me this strange name that no one can pronounce, but you've done a beautiful job. Elisa, and the last name is Parenti, A-L-I-S-A, Parenti, P-A-R-E-N-T-I, dot com so yeah just head to amazon and and thank you and i uh really my my biggest piece is just to get the content out there and get the feedback so um i'm particularly grateful for you taking an interest in it and going above and beyond and, and reading the whole thing so thank you for that well i have i have heard you say your name a number of times after all uh <laughs> wh wh why don't you why don't you let them know about uh we always let our broadcasters whenever they're doing things like this you you can plug your day job or your night job whenever i know you're at bloomberg because you know that that much is the, what, what do you do for them so it, it's first of all uh, bloomberg is i have to say just a great great employer and um i was at the headquarters of bloomberg yesterday and had an opportunity to talk with mike bloomberg himself and he's just a uh, uh, really kind of funded what he's advocated and and he's he wants people back in the offices and so he's providing a benefit a daily benefit on-site covid testing every week uh screening and also providing food for for folks so I, I had an opportunity to thank him for that and um he's he's very he's a, he's a funny guy kind funny and um very personable so uh at bloomberg i work for stations that partner with Bloomberg and they are what we would know of as the CBS stations. So depending on what city you're in, if you're in New York, it's 1010 wins and WCBS in Chicago market, it would be WBBM and out in California, KCBS, KNX. And those stations were sold from CBS to Entercom. And now Entercom just did a rebranding and it's Odyssey. So uh, the Odyssey stations partner with Bloomberg and my specific job is I provide market updates on those some of those stations throughout the day as what's happening with the market and, and personal finance news that people can use um, during this during this time. So that's that's kind of my job going from live hit to live hit. And uh, I, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to, to tell those stories and to, you know, I, I'm mindful of, I've lost a few jobs, have been layoffs uh, being what they are in the broadcast world. And I do have to say that of, of the different places I've worked, this one is, is quite good. This is a, a solid employer and I'm grateful, not the least of which is allowing me to pursue this on my own time 
you know, not all em employers are willing to do that. But, you know, I said, look, this is something I'm interested in. I want to do it on, on my own and uh, got the okay. All right. Thank you very much, uh, Alyssa Parenti from Bloomberg, uh, whose book, uh, Betrayal, the Ethel Rosenberg story is uh, at uh, wherever you get your books online and hopefully bookstores soon. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Robert Welsh. What a what a pleasure to, to be on your program and talk with you. Thank you. I spoke with Bloomberg reporter Alisa Parenti about her book, Betrayal, the Ethel Rosenberg story, in August 2021. I'm Bob Welch. I hope you have a great weekend, and I'll see you on the smartphone on Monday.